Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. Hey, Geyer, did I tell you about my friend Joe who's on the Dolly Parton diet? Oh. Yeah, he's now Jolene. 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 <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to our horrible dad joke podcast. This week, we've got one of the worst, Mr. Jeff Conroy. <laughs> Jeff Conroy with the worst dad jokes ever. Thank you. Welcome to another Dolly. exciting episode, right? It wouldn't be one of our episodes if there wasn't a little bit of laughter and probably some bad dad jokes. <laughs> Although that's not the point of our podcast. So everybody, welcome to the No More Leadership BS podcast. We are here again to drop some wisdom, give you some stuff to think about, maybe hopefully expand your mind a little bit and have a good time along the way. I am joined, I am Jeff Geoff McLaughlin with Professionals at Play, and I am joined by my incredible cohort of co-hosts. Let's just, I'm going to go around the circle here. I'm going to go to my left, Miss Myra Hall. Say hello to everybody. Oh, I, I, I'm not to your left. But that, oh. not in my not in my screen, but that's okay. <laughs> well, yeah, that's my perspective. Oh. My other left, <laughs> my right. I don't know. Thanks, so Jeff. Uh, I am uh, as always. Uh, I feel privileged to be here with you guys. I feel like I'm standing amongst giants, and appreciate you including me. But more than anything, I appreciate our audience. I appreciate them joining us every week or every other week or however often you can get here. And. Ghibli. And hope you hope you just keep doing it and passing our name around. Awesome. And speaking of giants, standing among giants, the oak in the forest, Mr. Jeff Geyer. Just a minute. I'm I'm penning an email to HR. I'm, I'm totally, <laughs> totally feel just <laughs> uncomfortable because you're picking on me just because I happen to be 6'6". And you guys are, you don't even have to duck, duck to walk under the desk. So You're our favorite <laughs> tree. <laughs> I'm an oak, the mighty oak. Yeah, mighty oak. <laughs> yeah, it's great to be with everybody. I'm Jeff Geyer. And like all the episodes, how many we got, Sammy? We're like 842 episodes in or something. 16,480,000. Somewhere around that approximately. Anyway, I love every episode and, and glad you're all with us today. Yep, absolutely. Always good to have our Wonderful people here. Let's go up with Mr. Jeff Conroy. How are you doing today? Amazing. I had to get my joke out for the day. Wait a minute. What kind of tree is he? If I'm an oaf, what kind of tree are you? I'm more of a bush. I'm more of a bush. But I did want to say happy anniversary to Mr. McLaughlin. Well, thank you very much. I took a little time out today for for my anniversary to be here with you guys. We better make this worthwhile or my wife is going to kill me. You'll pay for it later. I'll pay for it later for sure. <laughs> and last but not least, the incredible Dr. Sam Jennings. How are you today? Oh, doing well. And if we're going on a tree theme, I'm going to have to steal from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I'm a pine. I'm a little full. There's a lot of... I would, uh, I would wait, <laughs> wait on the kiss. He got a lip fungus that ain't been discovered yet. So, <laughs> easy, Rusty. Awesome. <laughs> oh. Well, we're not here to talk about trees today, although we could because we are... 
that intelligent, we know at least three different kinds. Apparently there's more, but today we're going to talk about <laughs> this, this whole concept. And I've been seeing a lot on social media lately, and I know it's been around for quite a while, but the whole hustle concept, especially with entrepreneurs, people who own their own businesses, that hustle and grind culture of the more valuable you are to an organization that your value is dependent on how much you hustle and grind. Show up early, leave late, the work comes home with you and you will be successful. That's the way to climb that ladder. So my question, and I'm, I'm interested in your guys' thoughts in different professions that we've been in. I started off in education, lower education, kindergarten in that area. And it wasn't the expectation that you would stay late or show up early. That was just the way you had to get things done because there wasn't enough time in the day unless you were super efficient and one of the amazing teachers that I worked with. I, I was always staying late and eventually it caught up and I was like, this is just, this is exhausting. This, this 40 hour a week job is taking at least 50, if not more hours a week, just because I got 40 some odd kids and I got to get papers done and things ready. So that hustle and grind really started to wear me down. So I'm just curious, where else in your careers have you seen that hustle and grind culture? And what observations have you seen that do to people? Let's see here. Do I pick somebody or does somebody have a quick one that they would just want to jump in with? <laughs> well, I, I was going to jump in, Jeff, with just hard work isn't one, isn't the only ingredient. Hard work is not the only ingredient to success. However, it is one of the ingredients. And the problem, what happens is we get all tipped over because all we're doing is hard work and not being efficient and effective and those kind of things. And, and yeah, you got to work hard, but not, not to the point of exhaustion and things you're talking about there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Was it Myra that you have your, Myra yeah. just wanted to go? Well, okay. well yeah. I have a little story to tell you. All right. I, I raised my kids on a hundred acres and we had this old house down by historic Creek and, and it was falling down, but it had this really cool old pump to a well that was there, but it didn't work. So we got it fixed up and we got the leather gasket and all that. And it, it took a tremendous amount of work to get water up for the first time in maybe 50 years. It, I mean, all of us, we really worked to get that water going. But once we got it up there, it didn't take that much effort to keep it going. And if, if we would have had kept and we could worn ourselves out, never enjoyed the water that we got. And if we didn't keep at it on a consistent basis, we would have lost that suction. So it's just a really good metaphor for when you're first starting out, you hustling and working hard is important. Absolutely. But it, it doesn't last forever. No. It shouldn't last forever. It no. should, but it doesn't right. work. The, the And you learn as you go. You learn as you go. But think about that. And that always stuck with me is we didn't have to ever work that hard again as long as we maintained it and went out there and got a little bit of water every day. And, and it was fun. We fed, we watered the animals with it, but it was worth, it was worth the hard work, but I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have done any good, I guess. It just would have worn us out if we would have kept working that hard at it. Well, that goes in, that's Newton's laws of, of, of physics, right? An object in motion will tend to stay in motion. An object at rest will tend to stay at rest. And if an object at rest is at rest, it takes a lot of activation energy 
to get that momentum going. Once you have that, then you can get into the flow of things. And that that would just, I, I remembered that not not successfully a couple of times in my life when I should have backed off and didn't, but it, it came to me later. I can tell you, it came to me later. Think, oh yeah, I forgot that principle. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mr. Conroy. Yeah. So 30 some years ago, when I first started working for the Boy Scouts, all of us entry level, there's 27 of us, they're all entry level. And we'd all would get there an hour before we opened and we would work. We had meetings at night because volunteers work had day jobs. And, and so all of our meetings started at seven o'clock at night. So we would just stay at the office and we would then go to our meetings. So we'd be, at, we'd be working from seven in the morning till 10 o'clock at night. We did that. I mean, I did that for, for a long, long time until one day we had a new executive come in new. He's, he had three or three years experience. He came from Alameda, California, and he was never in the office. He was never in the office. And when he came into the office, he was, he sat at his desk. He had, he knocked out what he had to knock out. And then he was gone for the rest of the day. He worked out of his house. He worked, his area was Beaverton and he was knocking. I mean, he was leading everybody in raising money and raising membership, popcorn sale, everything. And we started to like having those epiphanies of the whole work smarter, not harder. A, a lot of us had that feeling that we need to be in the office first and we need to stay late. We even had bosses who felt if you're out in the field, you're screwing off. So if, if you're not in the office, if you're, so if you're in the office, you're working, if you're out, out in the field, you're screwing off. And then we had those bosses that were, if you're, if you're in the office, you're not out doing your job. So you're, you're, you're playing with that balance of it, but working with Ken who showed everybody that you can, Work from home, spend time with your family, get your job done. As long as you work harder, not smart, or work smarter, not harder. It really taught me a lesson to the point where throughout the rest of my career, I wasn't trying to find an easier way of doing things. I was trying to be more focused and more efficient where I could focus on what do I need to get done today? I looked at my calendar at, at six weeks at a stretch. What do I got coming up so I don't ever get surprised? What needs to go out? Agendas that need anything, stuff like that. But it really taught me that if I can plan my, my life a little bit better, I can, I, can, I can still work hard, but with less hustle. I'm not trying to sound lazy. Yeah. I'm just trying to sound productive productive and smarter. And that was the times when the day timers came out and the, the Franklin planners came out and everybody tried to get their life organized and, and time management is, is a, is a huge piece of that for me. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Oh yeah. That's well, time management being, being busy and being productive are two very different things. Correct. I've got a couple of coaching friends who that's their entire coaching business is helping people to be productive versus busy. And how do you, how do you arrange your schedule so that you can be yeah. successful that way? Exactly. Not run Just, on a treadmill. Yeah, which is not one of my fortes. I I use those people frequently. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so then, Mr. Guy or Mr. Jennings, I know that Sam, you were in 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 the collegiate level higher education for a long time. Now, what what have you seen in that realm? Because I know that college is a lot different, and I don't know that the schedules the same as is the public education school, high school, and down. So what, what kind of things did you see in that, in that realm? I saw the, the whole gamut, the whole array of approaches. Some folks who, I, I had one individual who tracked their hours meticulously and said, on average, I work 37.8 hours a week. 
and you would never know it wasn't 50. He had everything done. Everything's on point. Yep. His staff is supported. Everything's great. Fabulous. Yep. Had other people who said, you can't possibly be a leader at the university without putting in anything less than 55 hours just because. Like, why, <laughs> why right. is that the situation? And the field I was in in particular was student affairs. And it's a service to students to help them get through college. It's outside of the instruction portion of the, of the university experience. And many people there, in fact, I would offer many people in higher ed in general, say they're called to it. It's, it's for a bigger purpose. It's, it's for the students or in other spaces for the kids. That's a good way to help people feel like they're part of something big, but it's also damaging where it becomes do it for the students. Well, friends, students are alive living on campus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So when do you shut it down? Yeah. And if you don't put those, all those extra hours and all that extra time, are you letting people down? Exactly. And I had staff who thought that I was not as committed because I didn't go to as many nighttime commitments and weekend commitments as other people. Like, well, okay. That's not how I'm going to measure commitment. I'll measure by how hard I tackle the problem every day, all day, and not just by which things I show up to. Those are important but not the only major by any means. And so what I told my family, my kiddos when they were little, was my work was an ebb and flow. And yes, I did use ebb and flow to toddler, but that's just how I am. <laughs> that sometimes I'd be super busy and I'd be gone a lot and sometimes less so. I'd be home more weekends and more nights and that's how it was. And one example, before I turn this from a discussion to an actual rant, I'd have the, the move-in weekends or the busy times. And then also if I had the yucky stuff, if I did a, a sexual assault hearing, and that got wrapped up by, say, 2 or 3 p.m. I got letters out to, to everybody who needed them. And I was there like, I'm done. I'm going home. I don't care what the clock says. I don't care what else is on my list. I'm done for the day. And just go. Now, sometimes those didn't end until 10 p.m. But if given the opportunity to give my brain a break, I took it. Because I knew the next two would bring some other barrels of monkeys to, to try and manage and deal with. Oh, I love that you brought up barrels of monkeys. I don't know a single industry <laughs> where the work's not necessarily going to be there tomorrow. It's always going to be there. there. There'll always be something to do. And if you take those mental breaks where you have mental work is a lot harder than just physical work. And so if you, if you take those mental breaks, those actually allow you to recuperate and be more effective at your job. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Myra Hall, you're raising uh, your hand. I get me again. Oh, yes. I just add something that I want people to know. And, and Dr. Sam just. I mean, you just drove this point home is at the end of your life, are you going to wish that you spent another day at the office? Is that what you're going to say? Oh, darn, I don't have the time to go back in and do this last thing. No, it's not about that. You don't work. You don't live to work. You work to live. To live. And that is the biggest point of the no more hustle. No more. I mean, it's not that you, hustle's bad. Don't get me wrong. Just keep it in perspective. Yeah, there you mm -hmm. go. Super important. Well, I'm it's super important to keep it in perspective and hustle hard. Jeff, I'm going to come down to you. And, and I, I know given your experience in some of the jobs that you've done and having super fast turnaround times and a lot of pressure, and I'm just curious because I don't think we ever talked about what kind of hours you were putting in when you were CEO to try and turn companies and organizations around? What, what did that look like? And then what are some of the consequences? I know that you, you've talked about that before, but what did that, those hours look like in that hustle component for you? Yeah, the, the, the hustle part, and, and this is a fine line for me, 
because I, I don't think you can win a game without hustling. But it, but but to Myra's point, what she was just talking about is how how long do you have to hustle to win the game? Yep. And when when do the quarters end and when do you rest and stuff like that? But my my probably story I'd tell on the hours and and I, I was always a salaried employee. I, I I haven't worked on a on a per hour basis. And maybe decades ago, I calculated one time how many hours I worked and divide, did the math, divided it into the salary and oh, thought, holy that. crap, that's, I'm not getting paid very much per hour. So, yeah. so instead, of changing, an hour. instead of changing the hours, I, I just stopped calculating because that, that always makes the problem go away when you stop paying attention to it. But, <laughs> but I can tell you, and, and I am, uh, it, it's the reason my coaching company is called Phoenix Coaching because I am a survivor of burnout and that those are other episodes we we've already done and we need to do more on but but here here's to 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 answer your question i went one time six days straight i slept in my own bed every night with my own wife every night that's good for six days straight and i never saw her awake I, i would leave the house in the morning before she got up and I would come home at night after she went to bed. And of course we had small children in the house too. I didn't see them either. They didn't see me. She didn't see me. It was the old axiom of two ships passing in the night. That's all horse crap. I mean, my ship was out sailing in the dark and hers was in the harbor. We weren't passing in the night. It, it was just in those days, um, Geoff, 16 or 18 hours. And, and there were a couple, I was just thinking about it as you guys were talking that there were some nights I'm sitting at my desk, getting ready to go home. It's nine o'clock or nine 30. I've been there since maybe 6 AM mm-hmm. or before we had a lot of meetings that started at 6 AM and, and we had a lot of dinner meetings, those kind of things that went to nine or 10. But anyway, I'm sitting at my desk, getting ready to go. And then I, I, I literally have my, I, I'm, I'm walking out of my door, getting ready to turn my office light on. And one of the owners walks in. And so then you sit down and talk for an hour or an hour and a half. And it's, it's something I felt like I needed to do. In hindsight, there were plenty of those discussions that I could have said, look, uh, boss, we started this day at, at 6 a.m. and both of us need to go home to our families. Um, let's pick up this, let's schedule something instead of doing this just kind of ad hoc thing. So you, you, I'm with Myra, I'm with all of you. You have to hustle. I, I don't think you can be successful without hustling. I mean, success isn't going to come and kiss you as you're just sitting on the couch watching TV. But <laughs> But it's, it's a matter of, in fact, a couple of episodes we did, it's, it, it really, that brings a bunch of stress and it, we, we all can handle stress. It's, that's not the issue. The issue is how long do we handle stress? And just, just a real quick data point here that, that's a little old. It's from 2019 from the World Health Organization. And, and I know maybe we're not so excited about those folks anymore after the pandemic. But in 2019, they, they, they said 89% of employees say they've experienced burnout in the past year. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I also don't think you can burn out without hustling. Yeah. So you, you, yeah. you're not going to burn out sitting on the couch. So you, you have to hustle, but golly, 89% of people reporting their burnout, that's, that ain't good. And no. so to me, it's, it's not an issue about hustling. It's, it's an issue about balance and all kinds of other things. And, yes. and I, I would suggest we do more episodes about that because it's, it's obviously a big problem, 89%, mm-hmm. and it affects both men and women. It affects owners and leaders and uh, entry-level employees and those kind of things. But yeah, we got to get after it, but it's, we have to rest too. That's well, that's a big part is that rest part. If you're, and, and it did bring up some, some statistics from the Harvard Business Review that, that said very simply, you have a six and a half uh, percent better chance of getting a promotion or a raise 
if you actually use all of your paid vacation, all of your t- paid time off, which is that, that thought that if you're taking the time off, you're rejuvenating yourself. And then right. one of the other the things about it was that you seem happier, therefore happiness is correlated with success. And so if your managers or bosses see that you are indeed a happier person, they're more likely to promote you. And then the other thing is this, that I, I never thought of it this way. If you leave paid time off on the table, at the end of the year and it expires, you're literally giving the company money for free. You're, you're paying the company. If you have two weeks of paid vacation and you don't take it and you lose it, that's, I don't know what two weeks, whatever two weeks of pay is for you. Like, holy cows, why not use that? Why not use that? We can't be Gary. Not everybody's going to be Gary V who's hustle all the time. He also has a hundred people working for him, but I'm not to the point where I can be Tim Ferriss and have the four hour work week yet either. I would like that, but at the same time, there's this happy medium. We got to hustle hard when we can, and then we got to get that momentum going and then work smart. So I got more. Oh, you got one more. Go for it. (laughs) Oh, I'm going to say I got, I got the four, four hour work week down just fine. I just don't have the pay that I need to go with it. That's true. (laughs) Nice. If I could combine my four hour work week with somebody else's, then I would be okay. Or three or four, 12 others. I'd be fine. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, Well, if you are in need out there listening to one of our awesome listeners uh, and you, any of this has resonated with you or you have questions or comments or you want to find out a little bit more about where you can work harder and where you can work smarter or you just need a a, a listening ear, give us a call, reach out. We are at askus at nomoreleadershipbs.co. You can find us on the socials. We've got a Facebook page. We're more than happy to interact with you there. And then we are just here to help you guys out. So please give us a shoot us out to all your other friends and let them know that uh, you're listening to these awesome, hilarious, fun, wonderful people. And for those of you who can't see us, we're also dashingly good looking, just so you know. So <laughs> Nice. Good thing it's an audio podcast. <laughs> You've got a face for radio. That's face all for radio. Yep. A face for radio. So thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate you guys. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Better but. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the No Leadership BS Podcast. If you have any stories, questions, or comments you would like to share with us, please email us at askus at leadershipbs.co. That's askus at leadershipbs.co. Don't forget to give us a five-star review so we can reach more people. Thank you so much, and tune in next time. We'll see you then.